Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Well, this is a super exciting day for Daily Dose of Donna because I have been following Meredith for months. I mean, I don't even know how long since she popped up in my feed. In fact, Meredith, and welcome, by the way, Meredith, to the podcast. Meredith Lynch is here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So excited. And I'll tell you, I remember this really well. I have a really good friend who is, uh, her name is Molly. Shout out Molly. Molly is always on TikTok. And she and I have, you know, those relationships that you have with those friends that like your your love language is sending TikToks. Like you just are always like, look at what's happening on TikTok and the drama and the Michaela of the world. And so when this all went down with you and Bethany, and we'll get into all of this months ago, what month was that? It was almost a year ago. I'm coming up on my one year. Oh my God. Happy anniversary of the season. Thank you. I think it's Um, like, what is it? Paper? Is paper one year? (laughs) I'll send you a card. I'll send you a card. Um, She, I just remember her saying like, you always can find good bingeable content when you go to Meredith's page. And so I started going to your page and it was, it's really interesting. There's certain people that release good content that like, I would just cook dinner and just scroll through your page as I was cooking. And you taught me so much. So Meredith, why did you go down this path? How did you become this like investigative journalist of TikTok? Well, you know, it's funny. I got into TikTok like a lot of people during the pandemic. Did you start during the pandemic? I was a, I was watching. I wasn't creating at that time. Okay. So I started during the pandemic and I started doing makeup videos because I kind of thought that was like all I could do. Like, even though I'm not like that great at makeup, but I think I like, I think I'm pretty, you know, been buying makeup for like more than half my life. So I kind of know it. So I started doing makeup videos and then I kind of realized like, I'm just buying tons and tons of crap. And sometimes it was good, but I realized it was like the hunt of it. So it'd be like, oh my God, everybody is getting the sky high mascara. And I would like drive to like three different stores and try to find it. It was addicting. Do you remember that? Yeah, it became and it became like a scarcity, like have to get my hands on it and we would sell out products left and right. Right. And I think like looking back on it, it was very like reactionary to like living in COVID, et cetera. So anyway, I was doing that for a while. And then I started to remember my my true calling, which is I love pop culture. I love reality TV. Like the first time I saw the real world Miami, I was just like, Hooked. Like I couldn't, mm-hmm. you, I could not get it in my eyeballs fast enough. <laughs> and so I started making content that was about pop culture. And from there, though, like I, I have a communications background and I really do love like deconstructing things. I think there's usually a lot more going on behind the scenes. And also I moved to L.A. during COVID 
And I think that just being here and you've you're like a lifelong Angelino, right? Yeah. Born and raised. So like there is so much that you just absorb living here that you wouldn't, I think, elsewhere. Like you can't help but sort of start to see it more, I think, when you're here. Mm-hmm. So now here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so you started posting, I mean, back like, you know, a few years ago when you started going into pop culture. Were you talking just about like Selena Gomez and Haley Bieber, like the big stories that were all over our feeds, or were you going deep into reality TV? You know, I started, I think what really started me with the like celebrity pop culture stuff was I started doing these what I eat in a days and I was finding all these celebrity what I eat in a days and I was just like reading them and they were so funny. Like, I mean, everything from like Kelly Ripa having like one chocolate covered almond to like the guy from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend who ate like six servings of salmon in one day. And like, I was concerned about mercury poisoning. I'm just going to say it. (laughs) So that's kind of how I started. So I always sort of had like a little bit of a different approach to it. Um, And I try to like both give a little bit of tea or info or my hot take on something, but also like make it kind of fun and funny and yeah. And and so I think I've kind of, you know, at least this week, I feel like I have my niche. Yeah, 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 totally. I get it, it completely. What I love about your content is you're not just spitting something out just off. I mean, sometimes I'm sure you are just like, oh my gosh, here's what I think. But a lot of your stuff, you really do take time and energy by doing the research. You're researching, you're reading, um, you know, legal documents and the behind the scenes stuff. You're not just going right into what everyone's seeing in their feed, which is good because it's like you're actually doing research where a lot of people, I'm not naming any names, haven't been doing a lot of research online, you know? Yeah, I feel like I, because I have a communications background, I worked in fundraising for a long time before uh, I moved out here. And so I am so used to doing my research before I present something. And that's not to say that I haven't like gotten something wrong. And that's not to say that I'm like a real journalist or anything like that. But I really love double clicking on things. And there's usually so much more to the story. And I want to find that like I get a little I get a little in the zone. I will admit it. Do you get in the zone when you're researching something? Well, you it's like a deep, dark hole. Like you kind of almost can't get yes. out. You become obsessive. Yes. yes. I'm with you. Yes. And sometimes I'll start something and then I'll realize there's nothing there. Like I, I can't tell you how many things that like I don't just blindly go into things. And I just did a um, I did a deep dive on this guy who is like selling marketing services on TikTok or more so on Instagram. And he's charging people like $75,000 a month. I probably like looked at that guy's stuff and worked on that for like, not that it's like, you know, writing war and peace, but I probably worked on that for like two weeks. Like I didn't just like say like, okay, look, here's what I found. Like I was like, I want to really have proof. I want to have receipts. And I think that's what, you know, am I terminally unique? No, there's lots of other people out there doing great deep dives, but I think coming with the receipts helps legitimize it. Wait, tell me about this guy that's selling marketing. We're going to have to go and check him out. <laughs> oh, my God. OK, so it's <laughs> Dre Medici is his name on okay. Instagram. And he had been contacting me 
wanting to set up a call about like, you know, marketing me and like an eight, like basically he was saying we're an agency. And so, you know, once in a while you might get somebody who's legit that's contacting you, right? Like, you know that, I know that. So it's good to like, you know, just give it a, give it a look. Right. Um, and so immediately I was like, oh, immediately no. Like immediately when I saw it was like a package that was like 30,000. I think the one I was looking at was like $10,000 a month. Um, and so I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get him to email me a contract (laughs) because I want to see what's in the fine print. And so I email him and I'm like, Hey, can I get a contract for $10,000 a month? And basically it was like, we're going to get you like 300, thousand more Instagram followers. We're going to get you in like six publications. We're going to get you this and that and all that kind of stuff. And it's $10,000 monthly. So I get the contract from him. I convince him to send me the contract. And it's like a Mickey Mouse contract. It's just like, basically, he just copy and pasted the services from the website into like a rocket lawyer document. So I'm like, okay, it's month to month, though. So like, when does it re-up? You know, what's the description of services? How would I cancel? When do you charge me? And he's like, "Uh, you can cancel whatever you want. And uh, we charge you uh, automatically. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, "Oh, that has to be in the contract. So anyway, I'm just going back and forth with him. But I get him to kind of like admit that he's sort of just a grifter. But I think there's a lot of MLM kind of vibes starting to happen on Instagram. Well, I mean, okay, my former life was purely and only in the marketing and coaching space. And I talk about this all the time, but there was, oh my gosh, we could do a deep dive on the app Clubhouse. I don't know if you know about Clubhouse. Do you remember this app? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. The amount of grifters on an app like that are unreal how many scammers and grifters that literally would go into the social audio space and just basically talk about all these amazing things and people would buy. People are good at selling and that's it. And people would spend so much money. Because I think that there's an an idea that this is some of this stuff is like easy work. Like I was listen, I've been listening a lot lately, even on TikTok, they have that new thing like TikTok shop where you can like sell things while you're like making a video. So you could be like, oh my God, I love this foundation. And now it's in linked in my TikTok shop and whatever. And it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. But I'm like, I watched an ad that TikTok made for it. And they were like, it's amazing. You can work from anywhere, financial freedom, all these kind of things. I'm like, this is MLM shit right here. This yeah. is MLM coded language. And I will tell you right now, I don't think, maybe I'm wrong. I would love to hear your perspective. I don't think that it's going to be as easy as they're making it out to be or how people think it's going to be to just like make commission off things that you sell in your TikTok shop, unless you're a huge creator. I think, okay, I have no idea how much percentage they're making off of each sale, but I've been a victim of TikTok shop. I have purchased like multiple things now because of this, because people are really, really good at just talking about their, you know, what did I buy? I bought false eyelashes and I bought um, one of those, you know, hair removal, like crystal sticks. Have you seen those? They're like, they're all over my feet. Um, I bought, there was something else I bought. I can't even remember. Like I'm buying the most random shit, Meredith, because I see it and I'm like, oh, it works. But here's the thing. They are feeding my feed, at least. Every other video is a TikTok shop. And now I'm getting annoyed with TikTok. I'm like, stop selling to me. Like, can I just watch content like I used to want to? I feel like it's going to go through a crazy climax and then people are just going to be done with it. 
I don't know. I right, could be wrong. Because, no, I totally, I can totally see that because it's like, okay, do you want to watch content that's like, you know, authentic and real? And I'm not to say that people aren't promoting products that they like, or do you want to watch content that feels like it's, you know, like drink your, don't forget to drink your Ovaltine. Like it's all like a coded message. And so yeah. that's not, listen, if any brand wants to work with me, I will sell anything other than HydroxyCut. Okay. So just putting that out there. <laughs> Tom I just Schwartz read- is selling HydroxyCut, right? Isn't that Tom Schwartz's yes. thing? Yes. With his blonde hair. I swear the blonde hair is a distraction from the fact that he's selling HydroxyCut. It's so bad. It's like, what is it? Weight. Well, it, I don't even know what it is, but it it's like, these like it it's like the powder like you know a lot of people take those like powder supplements yeah. okay fine whatever and like I also you know I, I, people should do what they want to do with their bodies like that's you know but hydroxycut says that you will lose like it's a weight loss the thing he's peddling is a weight loss thing you'll lose weight two times faster that's like all it says and I'm just like that then just what? feels like two you're, times faster than what I don't know <laughs> Like, I have no idea, but I'm just like, I feel like this, I I think it's probably like supposed to be like a pre-workout thing or something like that. And then you lose weight faster if you take it, but there's no way it's got to be bullshit. And I think it's really not great, especially for women. Like, yeah, just, yeah, all yeah. these things always feel like they're targeted at us. I know, I know. Well, I, I, I'm i not purchasing HydroxyCut either, um, but I'm with you on making money as a creator. And it makes sense. You know, if a company comes to you and says, hey, would you promote? And it's something that you actually like or are interested in. We got to do it. You got to do it. So I don't hate on people that are selling things in their TikTok shop, but it is it does feel like we're watching commercials all day long. And it's funny because people that like talk just about pop culture or just anything are now talking about it while they're putting on makeup so that they're selling us like their inst- their eyelash stuff or whatever, you know, and it feels like, wait, what happened to just like when you were deep diving from your car? Now we're like a get right. ready with me account. It's interesting. I still probably want the eyelashes, but yeah. They're they're amazing. Um, okay, we need to get into obviously. Well, there's a few things that I wanted to talk to you about. For anyone that is new to Meredith, um, I really want to go into briefly what kind of put her on the map with Bethany Frankel almost a year ago, uh, Mazel Tov, and we will talk about the fact that you got served. A, one of the two cease and desist that she sent out at the same time to two TikTok creators, you being one of them, which to me was shocking. And um, I think for a lot of TikTok creators, really upsetting because the goal of TikTok is to have an open platform where you can really share your thoughts, your opinions, your feelings, and your findings, your research, you know? And this is in every niche, every category, every genre. So what led to those cease and desist from Miss Bethany Frankel? I had done a lot of content around Bethany. I'm the first one to admit that because I was a Bethany fan back in the day, right? What about you? I I say this all the time. I think the people that are most like upset by everything are the people that were like huge Bethany stands. We were all Bethany stands. And that's why it feels so almost like betrayal 
Yes, that's the best. I think that's the best way to way to word it. And I think for me, when it really started to make me notice was during like all these TikTok videos she was doing that were makeup videos. In the beginning, I really <laughs> liked them. But then I started to feel like there was really this spin to them where she kept being like, I know nothing about makeup um, and I'm learning with you guys. I know nothing about products. And then I would remember things like she had a YouTube channel back in like 2011, 2012, where she used to do her makeup and she would recommend mm. products. <laughs> and what? I, was like, I didn't even know yes. that. You can still get it. <laughs> oh, my God. And she would be like, you know, she would say, I do, I get my makeup done sometimes, and sometimes I do my own makeup, and sometimes I like me doing my own makeup more than than when a makeup artist does it. And so I'm like, so for you to come in in the year of our Lord, 2022, and say, I know nothing about makeup, never did it, whatever, that's just categorically not true. And then, you know, she, um, I think one of the ones that really <laughs> pissed her off was that uh, she had a makeup line uh, for a while. Skinny girl makeup. And what? Yes. And so, and there were um, articles about it in People Magazine that I found. And in it, she like is like, I was super involved with the process. I wanted to make like, you know, I wanted to keep the packaging really simple. I wanted to whatever. And it was all the kind of stuff that she was talking about on her TikTok in regards to like her makeup videos where she'd be like looking at the packaging and then being like, but I know nothing, right? And it's like, okay, well, which which version is true? Yeah. I think the true version is that you did do a makeup line. You have done a lot of this stuff before, but you wanted to be big on TikTok and you saw how makeup videos did well. So you tried to jump in on that. So mm -hmm. that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But then like she, people would ask her, they'd say, oh, we heard you had a, like a makeup line. And she'd be like, no, I never did. <laughs> yeah. And so it's yep. just like, which version is true? And so I... What really ticked her off, I think, with me, and I was tipped off, was that she kept saying it's a scam. She kept yelling it's a scam about I different remember. products. Like she would try a foundation and she'd say it's a scam. So I went and looked up her trademarks, as I often do. I love looking up trademarks. You it's used one of my to do it. Things. You've done it for the Kardashians, I remember, a bunch yes. of times. So this is public yes. knowledge, you guys. You can Google it. Total public knowledge. And that's why it's made public. So other people, you know, know when something is trademarked. So I found that Bethany had trademarked It's a Scam before she had even gone on to TikTok. And she had trademarked it like in podcasts and in all this other stuff. And that's fine. But what I said, what I said was it kind of feels like this whole It's a Scam thing, this whole like I'm trying makeup thing is probably a targeted thing, right? Like it's mm -hmm. probably like a plan, like it was a PR plan. And that's fine. Okay. So I get wind of the fact that she is not happy with that, that she is upset that I have shown these. And this person lets me know that I mo that I most likely will be getting a cease and desist. This person is and a I'm stranger like, to you, just like a random person in your DMs um, or emails. Or someone Not you know, a stranger like, to me, but someone okay. who I knew well enough to like trust them, and I knew they were looking out for me. Mm. But I was also like, okay, well, I'll believe it when I see it, right? Like, because I was like, what, what, what did I do? Like, I, I just showed public information, right? And you're just, um, and you're just kind of putting out your thoughts and 
ideas. It's, it's nothing that you read that she had this targeted idea. You just said, hey, there's this evidence and then there's this. And I am assuming that. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I get the cease and desist and it's actually, it's very unhinged. It basically said like, you don't have permission to talk about Bethany Frankel at all. You don't have permission to show her photo. You don't have permission to talk about her. Um, And, you know, if you tell anyone other than your lawyer that is employed by you, that she sent you this cease and desist, you're going to be breaking confidentiality with her and you will be forced to like owe her even more, potentially even more money. And I was like, whoa, I do not have confidentiality with Bethany Frankel. Not now, not ever. Like it never it was worked very, for her. Like, no, I never signed an NDA. This is literally insane. Um, And it was so funny because it was at the very end of the cease and desist. It was like someone had copy and pasted it and threw it in and thought, well, this will scare her, right? They like go Um, to chat GBT. They're like, what can we say? How can we verbalize something that would scare a TikTok creator? Right? (laughs) And so, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that it didn't scare me. No, you were upset. You were super upset. I remember that. Yeah, I would be too. And it's just like, the thing that's so fun about TikTok is like, you can express your opinion. And like, I wasn't promoting hate speech. I wasn't like saying things that were untrue. I was expressing my opinion. Um, So I, you know, put put out into the universe, like, hey, I got this cease and desist from Bethany Frankel. And it kind of like blew up from there. Um, I never heard from Bethany's legal team again. Like that was it. They they told me I had to respond. So they sent it to me at like Friday in like the afternoon, like late afternoon New York time. They told me I had to respond by Monday, I think Monday morning or Monday at 5 p.m. And I never did. And I never heard from them. But I did take down the trademark video. Just to kind of protect yourself. But also, yeah. but but you but what does that say to you that you never heard from them again? Do you think that they Start. Do you think she got wind of like this kind of because what happened was just from a, a perspective from someone that was like just watching we and when I say we a huge amount of people started speaking up about it and started to really almost like fight for you. And and, and I remember even um, like Valerie Bertinelli, remember how she spoke I up know. for you and uh, that was awesome. Like so many people that had big accounts were saying, wait, 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 this is, this is not the way TikTok works. Right. No, and I, I was really grateful for that. And like, it really saved me because I was really scared. Like I was like, what's going to happen? And really the reason that I came out and said it was because it was like, I have two choices here. Like I can stay silent and like this can like eat me up or I can share that like, hey, this is what's happening. Um, And at the same time, I wasn't the only one who ended up getting a cease and desist at that time from Bethany. So I think she was a bit on a bit of a tear. She responded back and said that she had sent me that because of things that I had said about her charity work, which was not true. I have, of I have talked about Be Strong and I've actually said some complimentary things about it, but I've also said, you know, Be Strong is not a nonprofit. It is a, uh, it is a, essentially it is a way that she does marketing fundraising for a nonprofit called Global Empowerment Mission. I don't think she's lying about that. I don't think she's trying to hide it. And I don't think she makes any money off of like the donations that come in. But Global Empowerment Mission 
deserves a double click. Let's just leave it at that. But I ha- that's not why she sent it to me. She sent it to me because of the trademarks and she tried to spin it because she always like her big thing is like when anybody says anything bad, she loves to remind you people that like I'm a philanthropist. I do like every celebrity does that stuff. Every single celebrity. You know that. You've worked in this world. Like it is yeah. just part of it. And that's fine. That's great. I'm glad she's helped places. That's wonderful. Um but anyway, I think that I never heard from her again because it didn't land the way she wanted it to land. And I don't think that she would ever, unless someone was like, and you know what? Like, there is a time and a place to send a cease and desist, right? Like, if I was saying, like, you know, something that was horribly untrue, of course, but I don't think she'll ever send a a cease and desist to another TikTok creator again because it blew up in her face. Yeah, you know, there's this thing about Bethany that we... uh... Okay, basically, you know, this she she's recently and I mean if they're watching my channel, they know that I've been re- recapping all these three-part interviews with with Rachel. And then today she or yesterday she released this short episode kind of she called it the aftermath where she talked about her experience going through this and what she uh has experienced, what she went into it, why she's doing it and what she's feeling about it afterwards. And she mentions a couple of things. She mentioned, and this is not the first time she said this, bring it on. You hate me? Bring it on. You're engaging with me. You're increasing my views. You're increasing my popularity. We're number one worldwide, baby. She says that multiple times. Yet, I will be the first to say that I had one one video that I posted a long time ago. It was probably around the time, you know, after your cease and desist, but I was I turned on her right then when she did that. But it was just about the fact that some people are more litigious than others. And I said that Bethany is someone that seems to be quite a litigious person. And I got blocked after that. She didn't comment. She didn't engage or anything. But so let me ask you a question. What is up with this? This idea of like, bring it on. Hate me. Show me every, like, I don't care. Bring on the hate, whatever. But actually she's blocking anyone that is posting hate comments on her account. On TikTok at least. Oh, yes. People tell me all the time. They're like, oh, I I left her a question. I left her a comment that was like, hey, you think you'll apologize to like Luann and Sonia? And they were like, I was immediately blocked. Okay, so this is what I think. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I it it doesn't matter. Let's say it. I have been told that really the people who are doing all the all the blocking are her assistants. So she has no idea who's getting blocked. I Exactly. That's what I've heard. I don't know if that's true, but I've heard like that. And so what I think is, I think it's very much like Trump. I think that there is a filter between what she sees and what actually happens. So I think she doesn't even know half of this stuff. Like, I think they curate what they show her. And I could be totally wrong, but I also think they respond to comments, too, (laughs) because like, Sometimes she'll be real nasty in the comments. And I, I think it's sometimes the assistance. But I could be I could be wrong, but that's well, what I heard. Yeah, and I'm, I sound like Bethany now because I'm like, wow, wow, wow. And that's all she said in the whole Rachel interview, by the way. Did you notice that? She was like, wow, wow. Because she just learned everything. <laughs> because she also, like, does, she's not a journalist. And I, the last thing I'll say about when she sent the cease and desist is I think what she was trying to do, and this has a tie into what she's doing now, at the time... She was trying to sue TikTok. Do you remember this? Oh, my God. Yes. We haven't thought yeah. about that in forever. 
Well, and she doesn't want you to because it didn't work out. So basically, she was going to sue. Remember, she was like, I'm going to stand up for small creators and I'm going to sue TikTok and I'm taking them on and bring it on and all this kind of stuff. And she would scream in the sprinter van and whatever. She did that. And what I think she did is she wanted to clean her image up on TikTok. So she wanted to get down any videos that were negative about her. And at the time, there weren't tons of them. It was me and my friend Bunny, who also got a cease and desist. That's very public knowledge. And so she, I think, said, I'm, I want to clean my image up because I'm going to be the TikTok hero. And now this is just same thing, different topic. Now I'm going to be the reality reckoning reality show hero. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And it's going to be about something else after this, too. Like, right. it's it's kind of a uh, cycle, right? Right. Yes. But yeah, so that's that's just a thought. So, you know, I mean, obviously, the amount of things we can kind of cover here, but without going into what was said during this interview and whatever, it's more about this idea of, you know, this reckoning of not the reality reckoning, but almost like the Bethany reckoning, like what is happening here online is very, very different than what we've seen in the past when it comes to Bethany. I have always felt like Bethany fans are so, and they still are there. It's not like they're gone, but Bethany fans are hardcore. They're, they are like ride or die. You do whatever yes. you want to say, do. Mm-hmm. You're so funny. You're so entertaining. And I can see both sides because I actually do th- find a side of Bethany that is still very watchable and entertaining and, and fun. And then when she's talking about bullshit, you know, but when it comes right. to this, when she's kind of on this really intense, uh, roller coaster it's very hard for me to watch but the comments you mentioned the comments earlier on tiktok if you notice on instagram because i'm not blocked on instagram which i find so funny i'm blocked on tiktok but not on instagram oh i was i was not blocked on instagram either but i did block myself because i was like i just i can't i can't have it come up in my feed oh my god oh that is so interesting that you were also not even blocked i mean of all people you would think but she has on her tick on her Instagram, it's pretty interesting to see. The there's a high amount on these first Rachel posts. There's a this is a high amount of negative comments towards her. And I don't know if you've noticed that or have seen any of it. Have you? I have not. Well, actually, maybe a little bit in the beginning I did check it out. I did go on my burner account for like a few minutes and check her out. Yeah. So there's a lot of comments that are very, um, you know, she's it's very curated, of course, the way it always is over there. So, you know, the first day that she released this interview, a lot of people were like, whoa, 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 this is not it. This is not whatever. And she was coming back very, very intensely at the in the comments, like intense. So, for example, I asked her in one comment, I said, because I think her um, words were something along the lines of like, this is a woman's like listen to a woman, like a woman's word. Right, a woman's voice is a power. I believe it was a woman's voice is a powerful thing. To which I say, guess that's why you tried to shut me the hell up. But that is a tagline. Um, okay, that's your housewives tagline. Uh, <laughs> a woman's voice is a powerful thing, and that's why Bethany tried to shut me up. Um, okay, so you 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 saw that a woman's voice is a powerful yes. thing, and I said something in the comments, and I'm just a nothing, you know, compared to all these huge accounts that are following her. But I said, 
it seems more, and I'm misphrasing here because I don't want to look for it, but it seems more like you are inserting your words and feeding your language into the narrative so that you have a stronger case. And she responded, there is no lawsuit, so there's no case, so thanks for your input is invalid as it may be. And that's just an example of like a super mean comment that she's clapping back. Like she's throwing back comments. I love how I see my son. Do you see this in the reflection? My son is oh my God, um, yeah. swinging. Is he on the swing? Yeah, he's in the swing, in, which is the reflection. I mean, like I was like, what is happening? Um, this is, you know, life at 5.15 p.m. Um, oh my so, God, I get it. It's crazy. But, but she's getting a lot of negative comments. And I am like kind of living for it because I like that people are speaking up finally. How do you feel about this? You know, I mean, I guess in the beginning I was a little like, oh God, here we go again. Just because it is a little hard. Like, you know, as much as I like joke around about it, sometimes it's a little hard to see it. But then once I finally was like, all right, I'm going to watch some of this. I sort of was like, oh, you know, you're, this is not coming across the way that you thought it would, girl. Like, I don't know who talked you into this, but it's not landing well. And I think that it just proves to me that she doesn't really know what she's doing. Like, she's just throwing stuff at the wall and she's seeing what sticks. And like, of course, Vanderpump Rules is like, it is now it's it's huge right now right like it continues it's not as big as it was like six months ago but like the whole thing is really big so I think she knew like I can capitalize on this but like she's not a journalist she didn't watch the show she's only looking at it from this like really one-sided perspective and even in the interview I was watching more of it today and I was like okay Raquel would like tell her something and it would be the perfect opportunity to ask like a, a another question, right? To continue on in the track that they were on. And she would be like, okay, so uh, you think Ariana is ever going to be your friend again? And you're like, wait, <laughs> this isn't how an interview works. She just told you that Sheena's cat had mercury poisoning or some shit. And like, like she just, she just didn't get it. Like, she, like yeah. Raquel's and listen, Raquel to her credit, I think a couple times was trying to be like, I have love addiction. I, you know, went to this facility. I got treatment. Like, these are all the things I have. I wrote my name on the board. She's like, okay, so, uh, so Rachel's the persona, right? Like, I felt like I was at, you know, when you go to the doctor and you can't get your regular doctor. So you go see like some other doctor and you're like, oh God, you know, like I'm really not feeling. And they're like, okay, so, um, like, they're just like, Flipping around, you're like, you're Half not there. fucking listening to me. Hey. Yeah. I'm like, you're not yeah. listening to me. You're not my normal doctor. Like, you're totally, like, that's how I felt Bethany was. Not that I don't think she wasn't being respectful of Raquel, but she's not a journalist. It just well, showed. And it's so interesting because I think, like, it's all about intention, right? So Rachel sat down with Bethany for the goal and with the goal, let's be honest, to redeem herself, to come off a little right. bit more likable, to apologize and to take accountability. And I agree with you. I think she actually was on the right track. What I think didn't work out is that she was being interviewed with someone by someone who really wasn't going to let it go any other way than for Rachel to go back into this poor me and yes. I got screwed over moment. And so Rachel, I think, 
got swindled in that interview thinking she was going to be looking like a hero and like, you know, she had really come around and she got molded and played to look like exactly as, um, I think Beth, it works for Bethany's case and it does not work for Rachel's case in that sense. You know what I mean? Like now Bethy's look, look at what Bravo did to her. But now Rachel looks like she didn't take shit accountability. And the funny thing was when I was watching, I completely agree with you. And when I was watching the interview, I kept thinking about how like Raquel was like, well, you know, you really got to sell yourself. So I was really going hard on the show and trying to bring them a good story and blah, blah, blah. And it's like everything that happened between you and Tom Sandoval happened off camera. (laughs) Like it's not even like part, it wasn't even really part of the show. Yes, the reunion and then one final episode, but like no one knew until they had stopped filming, basically, what was going on with the two of you. So it's not like, oh, the the season was the affair. No. And Bethany, uh, as a good journalist, would come back and say, well, let's talk about the fact that cameras weren't even there. But she didn't know cameras weren't there because she remembers she right. had that comment like, wait, so the cameras were there when the phone slipped out of the pocket or whatever, when he was performing. And yeah. Rachel's like, no. And Bethany's like, no. oh, no. <laughs> well, does America know? Does America know that they're living together? <laughs> yeah. She yeah. Kept thinking, she kept thinking she was like going to, because that's the thing. She always wants to crack the code on something. America is finding out that they're living together. And we're like, yeah, like, I think even my 67-year-old father who lives on Cape Cod is like, yeah, I know that Ariana and Tom still live together. Like, everybody knows that, okay? And I think that it's unfortunate that Raquel chose to do this interview with her. I think what she actually, I thought, I don't know about you, but I, listen, I don't condone what Raquel did at all, but I actually thought those last few minutes in Vanderpump Rules where she came forward and said, listen, I really want to tell the whole truth. I was like, girl, that's your moment of slight redemption. Now stay quiet for like a year. Yep. And Bethany comes knocking. Yeah. Right. Well, she was so good. Like literally, number one, I decided on my show and in my content, I am not taking down Rachel anymore. I'm not talking about Rachel. I actually decided to do that the second I found out she's not coming back on the show. I'm like, she is, now she's done. She's not on the show. She is just an individual out there. She doesn't want to put herself out there. Bless be the fruit or whatever you would say. Like go on, go on and live your life. And then, you know, we would see these random paparazzi photos of her like walking through the little massage envy. Massage (laughs) envy, yeah. And I felt for her. I didn't post those on my account. I was like, this yeah. this girl is like just trying to live a life. She looks like a very just like chill, easy, not bothering anyone person. People were turning on finally. People were finally, I think, just like moving on. And yes. Then, like in comes the freight train. Right. And now. I think what's upsetting about this, Meredith, is that like there's two schools of thought. A lot of people are like, this is such bullshit. Rachel can't do anything right. You guys are giving Tom a pass. Tom is back on the show. He's he's performing. He's living his life. And Rachel came out here and she apologized and took accountability on this interview and like let her be. And what I'm trying to explain to them, and you're going to probably do a better job, is that now, and you actually did say this. I don't know if it was on your Patreon. Shout out. You guys subscribe to Meredith's Patreon. I don't Thank know you. if it was on your Patreon or on your TikTok or whatever, but something along the lines of the problem here is we're not focusing on Rachel. 
We're focusing on right. Bethany. Right. I mean, it's too big of a person. And Bethany would like love this. She would spin this. I'm just too famous to interview Raquel. Like that's how she would spin it. But it's kind of like, you know, and I'm not even disagreeing with like when she would do these, but like Oprah would sit down with like Brene Brown. Right. And then it becomes just as much about Oprah as it does about Brene Brown. And that's okay. That's fine. But in this case where Raquel Rachel wanted to get her story out there, to have it go through Bethany is not the way to do it. If Bethany had built up sort of like a couple of years of like, hey, I have these conversations with reality stars, and then she had done one with Raquel, it would make sense. It would be a natural progression. But that's not what it was. And now, unfortunately for Raquel, Rachel, excuse me, unfortunately for Rachel, people are, they're not thinking about anything she said that was like self-reflective. And Mm -hmm. also Bethany set her up to say a lot of things that were not. They were like, like Bethany was like, you know, people have affairs, people cheat. Like Bethany, how would you feel if Jill Zarin was like having an affair with Jason Hoppy? And, you know, she said, (laughs) well, they weren't even married. They like, you know, they weren't, Ariana and Tom weren't married. They were in a 10 year partnership. They own a home together. Like, you're not married to your partner either. But like, I think that is a committed relationship that people should respect. Like, so I think she will say anything to fit the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. I think ultimately at the end of the day, Rachel was put in a situation where she felt like she was really in a trusting, trustworthy situation. She was being taken care of by, you know, taken care of by Mama B. And there's even a picture that Bethany posted on her account today. And it's like, The picture is of the two of them sitting on the couch or wherever, which is we've seen that. But it's literally Bethany looking at the camera and Rachel looking at Bethany. And I'm like, that is it. Like, that's literally like Mama B, take care of me. Like, take me to the safe place. So Rachel was put in a situation where she was putting all her trust. I mean, this was the get of the century, not century, but definitely the year. This was Bethany really won here. And in that sense, because look at her. She clearly got a lot of attention out of it. And Rachel got uh, just just really thrown out like a piece of paper and crumpled to the side. And the final thing I'll say is this this compensation, exploitation without compensation, uh, you know, high horse that Bethany is talking about, about reality TV, and then not able to confirm whether or not she paid Rachel. And like we heard over on ET.com that she wasn't paid, but Bethany's words on this podcast from last night said, how do you know I'm not paying her? You don't know what I'm doing with her. How do you know? She's saying that to her audience. What is up? Do Doesn't you think she got paid or that not? feel, well, I mean, Bethany went to her. So it's mm-hmm. not like there was travel involved on, on Rachel's side. Um, I I hope for Rachel's sake that she got something. Um, I hope that her team would be savvy enough to do that. Uh, I think she probably could have gotten a better deal. And people were giving me crap about this online. But I was like, she could have gotten one of the morning shows to do an interview with her. She could have. No like, question. Like, and I mean, maybe like, especially when the show is about to come out again, she could have gotten something. And so there's that. But then also... When it comes to the whole compensation and 
uh, exploitation without compensation. Like, what did, did Bethany, like, dig up her, like, old, I don't know, American revolutionary textbook and find like taxation without representation because like <laughs> it's just I would not be shocked if she has trademarked uh exploitation without compensation I would don't not say be shocked. it don't say it out loud another one's coming <laughs> right to your door another C&D but here's what I would say to that listen doesn't mean there doesn't need to be reform in the reality tv space but like that's across the board. Like, how many jobs did you have that you felt like they were exploitation without compensation? Because, like, I've had a few. Like, I, I mean, everything it's like, we do, right? Yeah, there's, there's, and that's the shitty thing about this is that at the end of the day, what Bethany's trying to do for them makes sense. That's like the shittiest part, right? Because I do believe that a lot of these people should have protections and not be treated this badly. I just hate that it's being driven through this vehicle. It feels so confusing to everyone. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, I agree with you. I believe that people should have be compensated better, and I believe that reality TV can be exploited, exploitive, exploitative. Exploitative? Anyway, but, it's one of those words that we'll just never yes, get right. But even a, like, even a broken clock is right two times a day, and, like, you know, even, like, like that's kind of how I look at it. And I think, you know... She, I will give her this. She's savvy. She's savvy. She knows how to get people excited about things. Um, and I think, though, this will die down in, I don't know, a month, three weeks from now. I think she'll come out and say, I shouldn't have interviewed Rachel. I, you know, now I realize that, you know, she actually really was kind of manipulative to Ariana. And I've watched more of it. Like, now she'll, she'll come out and spin it. Because... Didn't she kind of do that to Jill? Like she sat down with Jill and then like the next day, wasn't she like kind of, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. She released, a clip she, like that? she released a YouTube. I don't know if she filmed it before or after the conversation, but she released it after the conversation. That's like, I know we're, you know, we're going to be friends, but like, I can't be her real good friend. Like, I hope I don't get phone right. calls and I don't have. Yeah. Yes. I have a weird theory. Do you want to hear my theory? Okay. My yes. theory is that she set all of this in motion through the Jill Zarin interview where that conversation about the reality being filmed at the funeral was set up a hundred percent so that she now says, Oh my God, let's go after reality TV. I was screwed. And how many other people have been? And it's good timing because, you know, we are talking, it is the summer of strikes, right? Like it is the summer of, you know, and I really am so for what the WGA is doing, what SAG-AFTRA is doing. So it is the summer of strikes. And so she's capitalizing on that, just like when it was TikTok and she's like, I'm going to save all the creators. Like, but we'll just see how that all if she's still like you know a month from now two months from now on this train maybe and maybe if she does change it for the better i applaud that wow so how have you created differently since the season desist in general not just to her, her yeah um i mean i say more often in my opinion or allegedly Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I'll present something even with receipts because, you know, I did get a cease and desist from Rachel Zoe's team that accused me of photoshopping comments on her Instagram, <laughs> like the, the screenshots I had taken were photoshopped. So now I will like show something and then I'll say like at the end, it's it's all alleged. But the bottom line is, even if you say all those things, even if you say alleged, even if you say in my opinion, 
you can still get a cease and desist. You can still get sued. Anyone can sue anyone. That's the biggest thing that I learned. So sometimes I'll do something and someone will say, you didn't say alleged enough or you didn't say in my opinion enough. And I'm like, yeah, it it doesn't really matter because if that person wants to send me something, they can send me something, right? Yeah. And that's what's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. And ultimately, at the end of the day, there's going to be probably more people like this that are going to feel under the gun or under the, you know, the TikTok microscope, because this is the way. I mean, we are all journalists right now, kind of doing our own thing and finding things out. So you're doing a kick-ass job, Meredith, and I appreciate your content so much. And you're doing, you're succeeding, like, beyond, you're growing. So everyone, you guys, go and follow Meredith Lynch on TikTok. That's your username, right? At Meredith Lynch? Meredith, Meredith M. Lynch. Meredith M. Lynch, and then Instagram is the same? Same thing. Same bad channel. (laughs) All right, Meredith, thanks so much for having me. Of course, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. 